Hello everybody, this is uh, Corporal Hicks, and you're listening to the 16th episode of the AVP Galaxy Podcast. Um, with me today, I've got my token American, Ridgetop. Hello again, people. And I've also dragged a uh, another chap in off the streets. Um, if you visit the official Alien uh, Isolation Board, you'll know him as Chevy. I know him as Chris, he's a personal friend of mine and a long-time fan of the franchise. Say hi. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> Good to be here. <laughs> um, today we're going to be talking about um, Out of the Shadows, the the recent alien novel from Tim Lebham. It's been out a good couple of months now. Um, you know, it, it was kicked out of the the uh, spotlight a little by other recent alien isolation stuff. Um, but we thought we'd uh, we thought we'd give it an episode. It's the first original um, Alien book since DH Press finished their line 2009 was it? I can't remember now. Yeah, it's been a while. Do they still have the rights to to do the novels or has that been transferred completely to Titan? That's all Titan stuff now. Um, I, I can't speak for Predator but I mean, the last I heard from them yonks and yonks ago was that they were re, uh, renegotiating the, the license for, for the books but obviously that didn't pan out because up until up until January we, we had no novels um, so we knew very little about the book um, until our sort of interview with, with Tim um, which he dropped the bombshell that Ripley would be involved and I think we ought to address that the the um, you know, the elephant in the room, which is, of course, Ripley's inclusion in the book. Now, I'm going to warn you all, spoilers, if you haven't read <laughs> the book, or, you know, you're, you're averse to any any spoilers, and then don't listen. Just skip this one, maybe skip to towards the end when we talk about isolation or uh, all the upcoming stuff. Uh, but I thought we'd, we'd talk about Ripley's inclusion first. I was so worried about it, I'm not going to lie. Um... And I thought it, it was a pretty big distraction, um, because you know we we knew we knew she couldn't remember this somehow, and I I always found myself wondering where where it was going to come in, how how he was going to handle it, and uh, oh Chris, do you want to do you want to spoil it for everybody? Yeah, I, I don't think it was. Uh, to be honest with you, it, it was like a cheap cop out, but. Or at least I felt it was. But it, at the same time, there was no other way it could happen. I mean, she basically has a breakdown. Uh, she can't cope no more. She's having horrible nightmares seeing her daughter Amanda, which I reckon may have been included with, with the upcoming night Alien Isolation game. Mm. I don't know. It, it wouldn't surprise me if Fox sort of pushed him a little bit in that way. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. The... But basically, she's being torn apart, chest bursters, and it's... Uh, it's pretty graphic seeing a child being, well, in words at least, ripped apart and chest bursters and blood everywhere. It's multiple times, a lot, and basically it gets to the point where it's so much and she begs to have a memory wiped. And the Alien series is, is so sort of grounded in, I want to say, realistic science. You know that kind of thing. It, it's not. It's not warp drive. It's not transporters or anything like that. So they, it wasn't. It couldn't go some sort of fantastic 
magic device kind of way out of it. And as as much as a cop out as it was, yes, um, I did sort of like the way they used the the poorly med pod to do it, which was was pretty much your only reference to Prometheus in the book. So you know, Ridgetop, you can sleep easy. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've kind of come to an acceptance that Prometheus is just there. So. <laughs> I, I, at least I'm going to have to with the new um, Dark Horse stuff coming out. But that, that's a subject for another podcast. Yes, indeed, indeed. But yeah, I. It did seem very cheap, but it, it, I, I thought it built up to it quite well, and it, it got yeah. to it, and I was like, okay, that makes sense. I, I yeah. Can sort of believe that because I, I originally thought it was going to be some sort of um, problem with with cryo sleep. I mean, in, in like Alan Dean Foster's novelizations, he always sort of talks about the dreams of uh, of cryosleep and, and how the brain still functions while they while while they're uh, sleeping. Um, so I thought it was going to involve maybe something going wrong with the cryo tube. But um, yeah, it, it was it was an interesting way to do it. But I was just always, I was always looking for it. I was ready yeah. for for the moment, and I found it to be a massive distraction um, when I was reading. I honestly didn't expect it. I, I knew it was coming. I just didn't expect that. It was like, ah, that's how he's done it. What were you? What were you expecting? I don't know. I really didn't know where it was going to go. I mean, I, I knew we obviously couldn't leave it open. Like she remembers everything, but just conveniently forgets. Hmm. But it, it was just, I didn't expect. A memory wipe, like she had a. Well, she was starting to break down throughout the book, gradually, well, which I thought actually was a nice, in a way, quite nice. It was a different side mm. to Ellen's character. That's something I don't think the books ever really dig into deep enough. Is the psychological effect of of people's encounters with with aliens? I mean, yeah. um, aliens no exit. The last Dark Horse Press one. Yeah, the main character in that one was a was a guy who'd seen his his family be killed at the hands of the aliens, and um, it sent him doolally. And the whole rest of the book was sort of involved his his broken down character, and up until the terrible last half shoot 'em up book version of that book, that book was looking to be really really interesting because of the, the way he was damaging the characters in it, and that's something I really enjoyed about what Tim did with um, Tim did with Ripley. At first, it looked like he was sort of repeating a character art from the stories. Um, you know, she was having to step up as a leader and take over, and it was going a very sort of aliens route with her giving orders and being the boss. <laughs> but then, when when she actually, when he got in a red and he started fucking about with with Amanda and um, the encounters, I thought it took her in a fantastic direction. Um, I mean, you you that far in Ridgetop? Yeah, um, you can definitely see that it the events of the first film really affected her kind of more than than even Aliens portrayed. Like Tim really goes into some of her nightmares, like waking nightmares that she has um, about her daughter, and some really interesting kind of creepy scenarios of um, like her daughter and this. You know, vacation home on the plains or something, and then just watching her daughter die in horrific ways, and it was uh, really well done. And it seemed like 
during the the course of the book, it happened more and more frequently. And and like you said, that was the eventual um, reason she wanted to have her memory wiped. But I I think that like you know if she has her memory wiped for that, why wouldn't she just have the events of the first film wiped as well? So that was kind of strange, I guess. Uh, they actually do slightly touch on that though in the book, saying that they weren't quite sure what she'd remember. Oh, I see. Yeah, they, they weren't sure if she'd remember waking up. She might even remember the people she met, or she might not. It was all, oh. <laughs> it just so happened to be. So it, she, she remembered exactly up to again the pod. And that's the big red button, as Aaron would call it. Well, I was always used to that kind of stuff because I was very into my tie-ins. Um, you know, I, I've got nearly every Stargate one. Um, so I was always used to there having to be something you know, there to reset it to the norms, but it's, it's the first time it had ever really occurred to an alien, to an alien novel, which is why I find it so distracting. I mean, I don't think, as, as, as fun as Tim wrote her, and as much as I enjoyed him messing with the psyche, I don't think she was entirely necessary. No, I think it could have been just as good without her, to be honest. You could have had a complete, well, a new trilogy based on new characters, new events, new places. It didn't really need to have Ellen Ripley in it at all, really. I didn't think, anyway. But the the entire trilogy seems to be um, connecting itself, more than just being aliens, but connecting itself to, to the uh, to the trilogy, to the saga, um, a bit more intimately. And it seems to be a Fox, um, a Fox handed down instruction. Because from our interviews with Tim, it, it does sound like... Um, they, they, what well, doesn't sound like they did tell him that it needed to include Ripley. And book three sounds like it's going to um, going to include Newt and Hicks somehow um, by being a bit of a prequel to Aliens and telling the story of the infestation of Hadley's Hope, um, which I'm guessing is going to be all down to Fox, you know, trying to connect to that 35, uh, 35th year anniversary. Is it 35th anniversary? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we don't we know well we know next to nothing about um about Sea of Sorrows, I think the next one's called. Yep. Other than that the initial solicitation said it involved Ripley's descendants. So Amanda, maybe. Um so th- this all seems part of Fox's Fox's plans to spread the roots into into the main main story a bit. Which you know, it's it's a little bit disappointing, but with with how well Tim handled it, um, and and how competent the, these other two authors are supposed to be, I'm not too scared. I'm not too scared about it. I definitely thought um, what he wrote about the Marion, which is the spaceship in the film, uh, was really well done. The way he dis- described it and kind of life on the ship, it was very reminiscent of the Nostromo. But I mean, you had a different crew, and the ship was obviously for a different purpose. And well, actually, I guess it was the same purpose. They were still transporting ore. Um, but uh, it was just really interesting how you had elements from Alien like the, the claustrophobia of the ship and then the second film once they went down onto the planet and there was a small colony and they had to explore that so it kind of took really great uh, elements from both movies and, and put them together that's one thing I will say about Tim Levin he was very very good at painting his world in words I mean, you've got a very very good picture of exactly what things look like, I thought. I mean, like you said, the Marion, where he was talking about the the uh, 
like the mess thing with the the bar and how the guy doubled up was he the was he the comms officer? Uh, something yeah. like that, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah it's he, he just did such a good job of making you visualise what he was trying to make you see, I thought. Mm. I think a lot of the problems with other times tends to be the phoned in very pedestrian um, you know lazy kind of writing but uh, which I suppose some of the older ones are um, our older our older um, alien novels are but Tim didn't you know he didn't try and phone it in it, it did seem like he genuinely enjoyed what he was writing and, and that did come across I, uh, I was especially fond of um, of the new uh, alien section that he, alien species that he introduced and getting into their ship because he could have made it you know it could have been boring it could have been generic um, you know, it could have made it space jockeyish but this this new race that he created I liked the sounds of um, their their whole ship um, or the the living nature of it how, how it seemed like of a um, trying to think um, Wraith from uh, from Stargate Atlantis it was like a big creature but it was also a spaceship in itself and all the biological biological nature of, of the surroundings and, and how we talked about how we talked about it while they were inside inside yeah. the ship didn't you give the but idea that they actually grew the ship hmm. yeah it was, it was it was interesting I mean, definitely it, interesting yeah. in some ways that kind of can sound space jockey-ish because that's how everybody always thought about the first ship you know that it, it was that it was always more biomechanical than than a living than a living ship I, I did I when I was reading I got the visions of skin and sinew and stuff like that rather than um, rather than Giga's biomechanical pipes and everything like that so you know, the the book was was good. It was it was fun. I mean, I, I mean, I do wish he'd have made a bit more of, um, of the cave sections. Um, I think he went a little bit too aliens, a little bit too uh, gun happy. Not much, but a little bit too much. And it could have had this sort of tense, um, helpless feeling while while they were down there. But I suppose they might not have wanted to repeat Alien too much. That's, that's always the problem they, they face when doing these things. I mean, you go too helpless, you repeat Alien. You go too gung-ho, you, you're doing Aliens. Um, so it's a very hard juggling act for them. Well, they were using mining tools and experimental weapons. Don't forget. It's, uh... It kind of uh, reminded me of Dead Space a bit. Yeah. That was the feeling I got from it as well. It was pretty cool, though. Mm. What with the, with the uh, the laser drill stuff? And... Yeah, yeah. It was definitely. It's not something. Well, you would ever think to really use, especially in CQB. Mm. For when you find out what happens when you fire those things, the mining drills, because it, it fires like a bolt and then they explode. Mm. It's, <laughs> it's a death trap in a cave. Mm. But then uh, there's the. Uh, the acid gun, yeah, which was... I thought was a bit <laughs> strange. I mean, don't get me wrong. I can I can understand the logic. Different acid affects things different ways. Like we we've got our stomach acid. Um, you know that's 
obviously fine to us, no problems there, but it's dissolving other you know, other biological materials. Um so I could I could see why it would work, but for a creature so strongly associated with using acid in its own offence, it was a bit like really? Is that the way you wanna go? Yeah. Yeah. At least they tried to explain it a little bit with, you know, a, a different chemical structure to the acid. Because, I mean, Dallas compared the alien's blood to molecular acid in the first one, and, and who knows what type of acid was in the weapon. So, I mean, I, 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 I was aware that he didn't really... I mean, it, it was a homemade construction for them, and I was aware he didn't really want to repeat alien too much in in having them have another flamethrower because that's something they always do isn't it aliens are afraid of fire let's get a flamethrower kind of thing um so you know it, it, it was it was brave of him to uh, step away from that but i think that particular choice was a bit too, a bit too yeah i must i must admit when when they first picked it was oh we can use these acid guns i went ha that's never gonna work when it killed one, or, really? That worked? <laughs> it, it was a bit... Uh, okay. I mean, it, who knows? It might work. Like you said, we don't know what kind of acid was in it. We don't know enough about the creatures anyway, really. They're still quite shrouded in mystery about... I mean, are they actually afraid of fire? Hmm. You never we really don't. find out, do you? No. Nope. I mean, she says it's aliens. Was it... Was it I, they seem to be afraid of fire? That's not a positive... Definitely. So I don't know. At least he made good use of um, of the acid, though. That was something I'm glad he didn't shy away. From. As as in the aliens' acid. Yes, yes, because it crippled one of the crew members, didn't it? I think it flat out killed one of the engineers, didn't it? I can't remember. <laughs> it just it wasn't even that long ago that I read it, but I, I don't actually remember. And uh, they used it to uh, some of their advantage to get through. Some of the blocked, blocked ships, uh, from what I remember as well, towards the end, purposely killed one of the aliens to use its acid to their advantage, which which was clever. I liked that. And so it was nice to it was nice to see him not just strolling through and blowing them up left and right, and nobody suffering any consequences. Yeah, I mean they definitely took casualties and that along the way, and they 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 weren't pushovers the aliens I mean they were quite clever actually I mean I particularly liked the way in the caves to where they start hurting them they weren't attacking them they were just like just as being seen it's going to push them towards where we want them to be which was eventually the egg chamber but it it, it was just their presence alone it, and the shadows and things like that it, it used a lot of things with shadows I mean they were flicking between shadows staying in the dark but it was enough for them to catch glimpses of them and say we need to keep running this way and eventually, I don't know, I thought that was actually quite well written. Although I will say I was a bit confused with the fact it was called Alien, and there were a lot more than yeah, one alien. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was strange. I think it, if it had reduced the number of aliens, and maybe the weapon really, they might not have needed to uh, have had stuff like the acid gun. Um, yeah, toughened them up a bit. Yeah. yeah it's, Look, yeah. reduce the number, toughened them up, and handicapped the, the human characters a bit more. I think it would have been... Much more tense and much more alien. But it, it, like you say, I they were very intelligent. I got the, 
I hate comparing them to it, but um, the raptor kind of feel to them. And because let's face it, from what we know, they were supposed to be intelligent creatures. Um, well, the um, the scientist in the the book compares them to raptors herself, and they they have a little realization that the aliens are more intelligent that they than they originally thought. So, and I like it when authors do that um, because. Especially the older ones, I think they they made them too much of a pushover. It was it was too easy to blow them up and just punts on through. Um, so so that kind of that kind of writing's very refreshing, and I did enjoy that he did that, um, despite the amount that you know eventually got blown up in the end. I, mean, I thought the characters were quite good as well. I mean, Seddon was uh, I mean that was the science officer, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. She was a really really well written character. I enjoyed I, I especially enjoyed the the arc they gave her in the end. Yep, that was it was good. Mm. I don't really want to spoil that. That's up to you, but that is quite good. Mm. The um pilot as well was really well written. Uh Lachance, I don't know how you yep. pronounce it, yeah. but he's French and he was uh, a wisecracker and Very made likely. for a good good character. Yes. Kind of going back a bit though, the the book really had a a good sense of build to it. Because I mean, right in the first chapter, uh, the disaster on the ship happens, and the alien presence is known, but it's contained, and kind of everyone knows that where they are. They've seen glimpses on a recording of the aliens, but it's you know in the shadows, and uh, so it really has a good sense of dread, I guess, until for for a reason in the book they finally let the aliens loose, and they they kind of under. They think they're really prepared for how they're going to deal with the aliens, but the, the the situation just goes to hell when when they let them out. So all that was really well written, I think. I did find that a little a little odd to start with because it felt like we'd missed a huge chunk in how we'd structured it. But it picked it picked up the the pace quite well, um, with it kicking into motion when when Ripley. Ripley gets involved. She's always in the centre of trouble, you know, until she showed up, they were all fine. <laughs> oh, it's not going to be the same with the daughter, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I do Roll wonder if she's... Well, October. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yes, isolation, of course. Yeah. Fun. Um, but but I, I, the character I liked the most was Hoop. Yes, Hoop was a very good character. Now, I'm surprised at how, how likeable he was considering his um, his backstory in that he just up and fucked off and left his family yeah it so wasn't too one of the big fan of commitment so it was, it was pretty much a redemption story for him I suppose in terms of his his character arc and Tim did a fantastic job making making him likeable and relatable and wanting him to Wanting him to survive, because in you know the last few chapters, I was like, please don't die, please find a way for him to be alive. I want him in one of the books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but of course you know that the only character that should survive is Ella Ripley. So the whole book, you're going, you're all dead, you're all dead. <laughs> um, well, you know there is potential for him to return in the future. Yay. Yes. Um, but not in book two, because book two seems to be. Like after Alien Resurrection, from the sounds of it, and then Book Three goes back to pre-Aliens, which I think is a bit weird, but you know, can't judge until they until they've been read. 
What, what else? Did they, they actually had some hybrid aliens. That never normally happens in novels. Yes, they were the spaceship species, weren't they? Mm, which was uh, some sort of canine type. Yeah, they referred to them as dog aliens, didn't mm. they? Which, you know, you're reading that and you're thinking the runner. What's the runner got to do with any of this? They described him as being mu the most, much taller, though. Much taller than your average alien. Hmm. Well, they, you know, it is actually using using the DNA reflex there and all that and making them different. Yeah. Yep. In appearance, which is, again, is not something you really... No, really actually, it's a very brave, bold move, if you ask me. You think? Yeah, I mean, come on. How, it's supposed to be official canon. He has now officially added a new type of alien. Other than the Pred alien. Yeah, I suppose. Because um, Fox are saying that this, this trilogy is uh, apparently official. This this is canon. So we're told. And that's... that's oh. No, Lucky for him, he didn't have to worry about designing it, though, <laughs> so fans can't complain about it too much. <laughs> oh, I never thought about that. <laughs> God help the next people that have to try and put that in a video game. <laughs> Alright, let, let's talk about it. Let's talk about this whole canon thing lately. Um, you know, because Fox have, have come out and said some of the recent material is, is official as far as, they, as they're concerned. You know, but do we really want ACM as canon? Do you really want this <laughs> this dog alien hybrid as canon? Don't get me wrong, as much as I enjoyed the books, I don't I don't want other people to be bound by them. What I would say is though, what if Fox make a film based on the events of something that happened in either the book or ACM, but just because you don't see them as canonical, they're still going to affect you in some way mm. because, oh, but that didn't happen. But it did because Fox said it did, and now it's being referred to in this movie. It's unlikely, though. Come on, let's be realistic here, Chris. Yeah, well, we don't know. There's been a lot of alien activity, hey, <laughs> recently. <laughs> Last few years has been really good, awesome. I think, for an alien fan in the fact that there's actually stuff out there for us. Mm. Unfortunately, the quality has just not been quite up to par as mm. what I would like. But saying that, the book is probably the best alien book I've read so far, and I've got a bookcase back here of the novelizations. Yeah, I don't think. That, what are you missing? Berserker, I think's about it. Maybe. I think I might actually have read Berserker. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'll have to go through my books, and if I haven't, you can let me borrow it. I've only just ordered it. It's like it was the last old one they did, and it's really hard to find. I managed to find it for like fifty. Was quid. that? Uh, music of the spheres? The spheres? No, no. Uh, or it was after that one. It was um... Alien Harvest. No, no, that was before. Um, it was Earth Hive, Nightmare Asylum, Female War, Genocide, Harvest, Rogue, Labyrinth, Music of the Spheres, and then Berserker, which was uh, which was a S.D. Perry novel. Mm. Um, and it's just impossible to find the other ones. You can find pretty easily. Um, I'll say this though, no royal jelly in uh, Out of the Shadows. Yeah. Sorry to disappoint y'all. I, <laughs> I miss some of the aspects of the old series. But but this, in terms of original novel, I do agree with you. It's better than all of all of Dark Horse Press's uh, last set. Because nothing quite made it. I mean, Original Sin just went completely left field and it was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, 
Diane Carey's two novels where I enjoyed them but they, they weren't they weren't quite up to it Steel Egg was just pants I can't believe how awful <laughs> for for an author who got awards for horror novels Jesus Christ your best your best one from the last one was um, Criminal Enterprise which was another S.D. Perry one and even then the aliens were very sort of sidelined and the characters were largely unlikable so it wasn't quite there but this this was leaps and bounds above all those original ones if only for the minor annoyance that was Ripley's inclusion yeah I think oh sorry go ahead I think that with (laughs) 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 you go go I'm good okay I think what this book did really well was that it connected itself to the films but it wasn't trying to be too independent and it didn't take like you were saying with the the older books a lot of them have some pretty quirky stuff that was kind of ripped straight from the comics but this one it it took itself seriously and and it seemed more realistic and in line with what you would expect from the films where a lot of the books while good like DNA War I really enjoyed they really didn't tie in with the movies at all they were just kind of completely their own independent stories and so I'm hoping that with this new trilogy of books, I mean, it'll it'll tie into the movies enough that it'll, you know, there'll be shout-outs and it'll be interesting and, and things that fans will recognize and it might get into some of the questions that the movies raise a bit. But I hope it doesn't go, like, too into it so they, they don't have to retcon things too much. The one I'm really... Re- I'm, I'm surprised I'm looking forward to it so much, but it's the, um, the third one, uh, River of Pain which is apparently telling the story of, of the infestation of Hadley's Hope. And I'm surprised at how much I'm looking forward to that because, you know, it, it lets them get into into the movie universe. But to do something, um, yeah, I want original quotation marks, an original story. Um, we had the comic Newt's Tale, but it was, it was a little two-issue kind of thing where only one issue actually dealt with dealt with the infestation so I'm, I'm hoping to see stuff like um, the the exploration team going inside the derelict and actual sort of not combat where they haven't really got much because they only had things like seismic charges and small small arms as commented in Alien so I'm, I've got high hopes for that one but do you not think again it's a book a bit like Out of the Shadows where you know the outcome yeah, but that that doesn't bother me so much as looking for looking for the I'm not sure how to pronounce it Deus Ex Machina kind of thing. Right. I'm I'm not looking for that moment. I, granted, yeah, I know Newt's going to be the only one that survives, but I'm not waiting for it. But how does she not know about this? I'm just there to enjoy the ride more. Um, yeah. And it somehow involves a bit of backstory on them, on Hicks, kind of, from what we figure, but with it not being some sort of stupid retcon of Hicks being there when Ripley died and all that kind of bollocks. <laughs> but I'm not so bothered, and, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how, how it happens. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you're not too fussed with that then? Uh, no, not really. It- but again, it's, it's just the inevitable outcome. But like I said, it's more the ride between the events from that little clip that you get where 
Newt's dad comes back with the face hugger attached to his face. I mean, it is. It is an unexplained story. Let's be honest. It, you know, it is an area that could be explored. I think as long as the books are as well written as um, Tim Levin did, Out of the Shadows, then they should be really good. Uh, do you know, have the writers for the next two novels, have they, they done anything alien-related, or are they both new to the franchise as well? Yeah, they're, they're both new to the franchise. I, I haven't looked into them too much, so I don't know what other work they've done. But I think they're supposed to be relatively uh, relatively good in what they've done so far. I mean, Tim's work had all been pretty pretty popular. And uh, they seem to be a bit of a tight-knit group, actually, from what I understand. They're all very good friends, the authors. Hmm. I will say this one thing about Out of the Shadows that put me off now and again. It's going back to Amanda Ripley was the fact, I mean I know it was supposed to be leading up to the breakdown, but it was like every other page, it was I'm daydreaming my daughter's dead, I'm daydreaming again right. my daughter's dead <laughs> and it, now and again, it just it just took me out, just that little bit of the action I mean sometimes they were right in the middle of something it's like, I'm daydreaming my daughter's dead, what? you say something? oh aliens, oh yeah they're coming to kill us it's, I don't know. Sometimes it just took me out just a little bit. That was it's a little niggle. That's over nice. overall, very good book. It got very more frequent towards the end, though, didn't very, it? Very, very frequent. Yeah. Trying, trying to hammer that that sense home towards the yeah. build up of, of of the machine. Um, but uh, yeah, let's have a let's have a talk about Titans over. You know how much they've been doing lately, because they've got a lot on their plate, and they've they've done quite a lot recently. They they put out the Art of Prometheus book, didn't they? Yeah, and they um, re-released some others. The um, Book of Alien, which was a making of the first film. They re-released the Colonial Marines Technical Manual. That fucked me off. That did. I spent yeah. a long time <laughs> to find a copy before they'd republished that, because they used to go for silly amounts on eBay. They did. The original copies. I think I managed to snag one for like thirty quid. I was like, "Yes, piece of merchandise!" And then they go and republish it for everybody. How dare they? But no, I thought <laughs> I thought it was really good that they did that because with every, because I remember it being quite a well sought after, well sought after book because it had all this extra info on the marines, and a chapter on the aliens and stuff. So it was nice to see them do that. And and um. And the heavy metal uh, alien uh, comic as well, and they did like three. Was it three editions of that? Um, you know, with bog standard. Yeah, yeah. They did the big uh, artist original edition, which you got, I think, it which is just right on top huge. Of that thing is <laughs> massive. Um, all black and white with coffee stains in. I was, I was surprised at that. I had no idea it was going to be that big. It went. It was going for like 60, 70 quid retail, and Amazon had it up for thirty, I think, on a pre-order. And it took that long. So when you know when it was up for thirty quid, I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'll pre-order that." And when it came, because it, it took so long for it to actually come out that that edition of it, that I forgot all about the book. I forgot I'd ordered it. I came home one day from work and there's this massive pa- uh, package sat on my chair. I'm like, what the fuck have I been buying? And <laughs> opened, opened it up and there was this massive alien comic. I was like, I have no idea where I'm going to put this. 
Really good coffee table book, though. <laughs> a coffee table for itself, yeah, Jesus Christ. I did end up getting the little one to read as well. Um, and from what I remember, of, I never had the original, the original comic, but from Darkness's review, it seems like they'd uh, not just reprinted it, but they'd actually touched up um, some of the artwork inside of it as well. And I thought it looked lovely. It looked beautiful. Um, you know, when when you're reading comic adaptions of movies, it tends to be very slapdash. Doesn't really look like the actors kind of thing, but um, the, the the Alien comic did. I was really really impressed with that one. If if you haven't got a copy, I do I do recommend picking them up. You can get the the bog standard one for about fifteen quid. Probably probably less than that now because it's been out. It's been out a year or two. It might be a Christmas present for you this year. <coughs> I don't really get along with comic books very well though. Yes, yeah, I'm afraid. No, I, I don't. I mean, that, there was that. Uh, what was the one I? bought recently and I thought it was a book and I got it I was like the hell's this and he went, that's a really good comic like, really I finished it straight away what happened <laughs> I don't know why I, for me comics don't do much for me it's, it's not something I can get into I don't know why oh, well, what else well, they, they've they're putting out the um, the Alan Dean Foster alien novelizations first one's just come out aliens just come out Oh no, it's due out. I suppose it'll be out by the time the podcast's out. Aliens is at the end of April. And Alien 3 is coming out in, in May. So it's it's nice to see them doing that. Um, so they're not doing an omnibus like you did last time? No. No, oh, no? right. They're doing um, two more books as well. They have that big Alien, the Archive, which is by Mark Salisbury, who did the Prometheus art book. And that looks like it's going to be really impressive because it's it's supposed to be kind of a compilation of all the artwork and, and some photography from the films as well as the Art of Alien Isolation yeah. which I expect will probably be really cool as well Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing that especially if you've been watching some of the insider videos where it shows you how they've actually been making the concept art with the very bright colours and which they, they were comparing like side by side to what uh, the originals were and they look fantastic. They really do. Mm. So I'll be buying one. You know, it. I think that's an instant pre-order for everybody. I'm pretty. I think I've already pre-ordered that one. No, but they're being very hush-hush about that at the minute. I've already tried to uh, <laughs> tried to get a bit of info from uh, from Titan for that one, but they're not playing game with me. They're, I'm not surprised. You know, they're, they're keeping isolation very close to the chest. But yeah, I'm I'm really impressed with what Titan's been doing. Um, I assuming the next two original novels are, are good. I do I do want to see more from them. Um, I suppose the what, what, what's the what's the big one? What's the Mark Salisbury one called? I can't remember. Uh, Alien: The Archive: The Ultimate Guide to the Classic Movies. I do. I'm glad it says movies because um, we've had enough. Alien related things and you know with it being the 31st anniversary the 35th sorry anniversary there's there's potential to overdo it on the one film but we, we've had like we had the Alien Vault a couple of years ago and people were whinging that you know we've we've had this story loads of times it's focus on something else so I'm very looking forward to seeing him approach the, the other films as well because I don't I don't think they ever really get enough writing. Um, 
you know, um, behind the scenes writing about them. It's always focused on Alien. Um, so that should be fun. And so I, I know we said this would be the book talk, but I wanted to dovetail off towards Alien Isolation for the end of it. Um, you, the, the last podcast was me and Deshaun Day raving about our experience at Creative Assembly after we got back. You know, we had a blast. Um, but last weekend, um, last weekend for us, um, myself and Chevy, Chris, um, along with a couple of others, went down to EGX Res to um, Birmingham NEC. Um, if you've been on the forums, you'll of course seen um, loads of hands-on previews and uh, journalist impressions of the first public showing of Alien Isolation. It was the the section that Deshaun Day and I played that all the other press played in closed, you know, in closed conditions. Um, but I'm going to sort of hand it off towards Chevy here at this point for somebody else's uh, experience, somebody else's impressions of Alien Isolation. Yeah, well, it's amazing. <laughs> I, I was really, really shocked. I mean. I have never been so scared in my life <laughs> playing a game. Now, I mean, obviously, you you told me a bit of your experiences. I listened to the podcast as well of you and Deshaun Day playing it, so I kind of knew a bit about what was going to happen, but not when exactly things were going to happen. I mean, my first goal was I'm going to go into here. I'm going to take a good look around. I'm going to have a look at all the little little bits and the textures and the, the lighting. Take a good look around the world. As soon as I went out of that door, and then you look around, and then there's bang, 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 and the motion track is going. That was it. <laughs> that was it for my. Let's have a look around the world. It was. Oh God, it's here already. So I'm looking around, and you you have to you're instructed to go and get uh, a blowtorch to go through this this hatch, and you go into there. And there's more banging around, and the motion track is going. You immediately think, "Shit, it, it's it's on me already," because obviously I don't know when it's going to appear. So you pick up the blowtorch, big explosion, all the lights go off. Oh. But I will say, I mean, dur- during this little bit, this little tutorial about the the, fl- the torch. I mean, did you get to play with the torch at all? What the the, the flashlight? Yeah, did you actually try and adjust it? Because you can yeah, adjust yeah, it. You can make it wide or narrow. Yeah, but did you not think the problem was with the torch for me, at least, was that I couldn't see very much. I mean, if if it was close, I mean, obviously you got a nice close-up view, but it didn't penetrate the darkness very well. So if you press the button to make it go further away, to me it was like getting a small coin and just holding it mm. out towards your monitor, and that's what you could see. It just that I I just couldn't see anything. I, I mean, I don't know what your screens were like when you were playing it down. At creative assembly and that time but my screen was actually quite dark I couldn't see a damn thing I was running into things there was one stage where the alien was uh, it came back into a room and I couldn't see that I was actually stuck on a desk and the alien was going like no no he's gonna get me <laughs> I think you needed to turn the brightness up mate ah oh, there was nothing I could do my, my uh, headset was really loud as well I mean like definitely loud I mean the, the noises of the alien in the vents, and that was making me jump. It was the, the 
bang, bang, bang in the vents. Oh, no. I mean, I, I, straight away, it was just the feeling of dread. Like, I've got nothing to defend myself. If it sees me, I'm dead. And it hasn't even appeared yet. <laughs> hasn't even appeared. That's building tension. That, that was great. Yes, but it was. That was it, it was. it was amazing. I, it, I think if... I mean, I know we're going on to Clone Music, but if they actually had more moments like that, it might have been just that little bit better. I mean, I think tension is needed for a game like Alien. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it just doesn't. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. If, if it's no, otherwise it's on the screen all the time. Oh look, more cannon fodder. Mm. But this thing, this thing's different. This alien is different. It's. I mean, I know I didn't die. I, according to me, I'm about one in fifteen of third. Well, thirty-one hundred people. Hey. 3,100 people that didn't die. Don't, and you? Don't, yeah, don't you forget me. How many times did you die the first time you played, though, buddy? About five or six. Yeah, I did die. Yeah. <laughs> my cowardice and my table got me through. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was really surprised. I was really, really surprised by how it looked. I mean, the sound. I mean, the alien looks fantastic. It, it really does. It, it looks scary as hell. Very imposing, I thought because of the increased the height as well I really loved how massive they made it yep that thing looming I mean the fact it has to crouch mm. to get through the doors and your character you've stood up is nowhere near the top of the door <laughs> it's like oh, he's so big <laughs> did you end up finding yourself under any desks at any point because well, there, there was there was one point where it had come in the room that I hadn't managed to get out of and I ended up scrambling under a desk and it's walking around all I can see of it's the legs dead close to this desk that I'm under and I'm like oh shit oh fuck all I can see of it's this I don't want to move uh, uh, somebody please help well honestly the, the first time that it, the reveal I think of the alien in that section is amazing it really, I mean, the way it drops down, it's like hung upside down. It drops down, and your character's just like taking like a little peek at it. I mean, this it's a scripted sequence, but you're just having a little look, and then it just whips round. But you've already gone to the desk, and there's like there's little bits of chewing gum underneath the desk. I mean, to me, I mean that's that's nothing, but to me, it's it's something that it gives you that feeling that so Sebastopol is lived it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not just this is clean cut. We, we've not bothered doing anything under here. It's just somewhere you're going to hide. It's got little bits of chewing gum. There's like little notes and things in places. Something I noticed was an acid tag on one of the things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't notice that. I didn't. I didn't spend my time under that many tables, <laughs> because after the alien left that room, I quickly went to him. I went right. That's the quickest way to the objective. And as soon as I put my map down, the motion tracker's going. It's like ah, oh. it's coming back through the door. It's just left. I mean, I don't know if I made noise I mean I must have I must have alerted it somehow but it comes in and I go straight back under the desk and it's there it's just prowling round and I look to my right which is where it's moving towards it's just this big black outline of all I can see is a big penis <laughs> walking across in front of me it's like god it's it's daunting the whole the whole experience is really intense. It's, you just feel 
like any minute now I'm gonna die that, that's the feeling I got from it mm. any minute now it's gonna see me I'm gonna die and that's that's so different to what we used to isn't it yeah I mean we we was just playing um, all three of us were just having some play uh, games on clone marines and we had a quick game on AVP 2010 on Survivor and you know this we're racking up 67 kills, 100 and something kills of these aliens. And then we're playing a game with this one. Just that and, one. And it's terrifying. Yeah. It's so fresh. And I'm so glad that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't gushing over this. I wasn't the only one gushing over this because all the reactions of people from Res, your reactions at Res, um, my my colleague who I took with uh, took with us his his reaction to the game it was it was refreshing to have people excited for for alien game again yeah genuinely excited I mean the the original film is meant to be like a haunted house in space and although Creative Assembly are only showing us what they want us to see I mean we don't know what the rest of the game's like but that section is spot on for how I would expect to feel. It's just yeah. If you were in that situation, if I was in that situation, other than pissing myself, you know, I'd start calling me Chris Puddles, <laughs> Travis or something. I don't know, but it, it was actually scary. It was a scary alien game. And if they can maintain that kind of intensity for all the other alien sections, um, yep, and make the stuff in between actually interesting you know the, the world that we'll be exploring the story that we uh, will be you know playing don't see why why this one will suck i mean it's not only that that interests me it's the fact that the ai is so different i mean my experience has been completely different to yours mm. i mean you said you the first time you played you mentioned you died loads of times you had trouble getting out of the room you had trouble getting from the room to the airlock now I had trouble leaving that first room, but after that, I I went like unhindered from that uh, from the door where the gravity switches off, all the way to the airlock. I was unhindered. Like it it never came at me. It was in the rooms near me. I mean I could see that on my motion track. It was looking around the rooms and I mean there's toys and things that it takes interest in, like the, the little motion toys. Uh, there's the robot and the bird. Right. And yeah, it was actually I mean. If you remember, on that, uh, there was the briefing. The, the dinky bird. Yeah, yeah, on the briefing, uh, actually shows you uh, like a toy, and it's looking at it intently on, on the video. It's actually looking at it as if to say, what is this? It's making noise, it's moving. I mean, it, takes, it seems to take interest in its environment. But that section for me at the airlock was what, what, what made, it made the whole experience for me. The fact that it was it noticed that I pulled a lever. The lever obviously wasn't like that the last time it saw it, so it's like, something pulled this. And it's, it's, it like crouched down looking at it. And it wasn't really looking in my direction. I mean, I was hid behind what I th think was a piece of machinery. And I, my uh, curiosity got the better of me. <laughs> and I, I peeked over the top using the peek button, hold B on the Xbox pad up on your thumbstick. And I looked up. And as soon as I got a good look at it, its head just snapped to me, and it, it like made a noise, 
and it come at me. I was like, shit, I'm dead. I see, I'm dead. And all it was for like, it felt like five minutes is just me and this alien going round in circles and then going the other way because it changes its pattern. It's not predictable. I mean, I was having to switch between the motion tracker. Bearing in mind, it's literally, I mean, if you imagine a car, it stood at the other side of the car. I'm crouched down at the other side. And we were moving round. It was, it knew something was there because it saw it. It didn't know what, but it saw it. And it, that section to me was terrifying because I kept losing track of it. And then obviously I'm pulling up the motion tracker, but then because you pull up the motion tracker, you lose focus. So you can't see. So it's like, damn, but I want to see where it is. So you put the track, you can't see it now because it's gone behind some cover. It was horrible. That section was horrible. In a good way? Put it this way, I didn't enjoy what I played. You didn't? I didn't. It was terrifying. But I would be buying it for more of that. <laughs> it's such a, it's so people are so strange, aren't we? I mean, I I feel the same in that it. I came out and my heart's pounding and I feel like I've just been through through the ringer. But I wanted more. We're strange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was. I I didn't even go and collect my poster after I went straight to go get a cup of coffee. Like right. I need to calm down now. <laughs> I'm gonna go get my cup of coffee. I'll be back. <laughs> uh, my playthrough at EGX was completely different to the playthrough I'd had I'd had down at Creative Assembly. Um, this time I didn't I didn't die. Uh, the alien played completely differently. There was there was one section where I was in one of the rooms and I was caught between two doors and I was trapped for a little time because I couldn't escape away from him um, so it was it's so strange to to have that kind of difference in, in gameplay I mean my dad uh, we took my father with me um, his experience was different but then again he wasn't playing properly bless him who doesn't use a motion tracker um, <laughs> what was it he says our eyeball at him. <laughs> yep, he eyeballed you as well, and he, he killed you <laughs> three times in a row. <laughs> so, you know, he had a different experience. My work colleague had a different experience. I had different experiences from when I was there last time. It's so fresh. Not, yeah, not one of us had the same experience any time. I mean, like you were saying, being trapped between two doors. I mean, again, trying to leave that first room... Uh, it it come back again and I was expecting it to come through the door and it was a bit like the rabbit in headlights thing where you know it's coming but you don't want to move and then I realised it was in the vents so it's going above me and then it drops down behind the wall it was using the vents with you it was using the vents Yep, it walked right over me like on the motion tracker it actually passed over me and then you just heard like a, a bang the other side of this wall I'm thinking fuck that was close <laughs> but then obviously I'm stuck now between two doors and I'm stood next to a window so it's like god please no so I turned looked at the window and just saw this big head again coming across the screen I'm slowly backing away going please no please no but when I went outside I actually said to somebody that 
about that situation. He said, had it looked through the window, I'd have been Don't dead. It would yeah. have sped around the corner, I'd have been dead. It did that to me on, on one of my first, on uh, one of my first deaths. <laughs> but that's the thing with the alien, it's so unpredictable. You, you can't fight against it. You can't think, well, he's going to do this now. Or at least that's how I felt. I, I felt completely powerless against it. There was, it was blind luck that I survived. It felt, and cowardice. Uh, so. I really hope you get to play a rich doll. I, I, I really hope you get a demo or something like that, so people can experience just that little section. Just that little section is amazing. Yeah, I mean, from everything I've seen, the game just looks incredible. Like nothing has really captured that feeling of dread that the first film portrayed like I've seen with this game. And I mean, even even past games like Alien 3, which is way old school, they had to throw in a bunch of aliens and stuff in there. This is the first time they've ever really tried to do this in video games with just one alien and turn it into a complete survival horror experience. And so I'm way stoked for it. And if, if that little section is... is um, terrifying and, and interesting and uh, dynamic as you guys are saying then yeah it would be foolish of them not to release a demo because I mean a lot of gamers are going to think of oh after Colonial Marines a lot of people that don't follow this kind of thing like we do they're just going to see an a-, a new alien game and they're going to say you know it'll suck just like the last one but if, if they release this demo so people can have the experience that you guys have had playing it then it'll be a real hook for people to want to to uh, check it out I agree I mean there's only so much that we can say in words it's to me it's it's not so much well it's more it's more the feeling the feeling that you get when you're playing it that makes it I mean like the music the music changes as you're playing I mean to me there was like a, a bit where there was a guitar where it was really close and it was just like scratching on the guitar and it was like the alien was so close and the music's just adding to all that. It, I mean, the music score's great. There's there's little bits of Alien actually in there. I mean, I don't know if you noticed that, Aaron. When you're actually walking through and you see the space station, you actually get the the little little motif bits of Alien and whatever. It's, it's really... That section is really, really well done. And I hope they do release a demo so people can see it's just not... not we're not making it up. Yeah, we're not making it up. It's there's going to be a reason there's why a reason everyone's saying it's good. Be so excited for this, or at least yeah. those that have played it are. So yeah, I have I have good feelings about this year. Yep, so do I. I mean, the only thing you got to keep in mind is that they're not showing us anything else except that little section. Might be for a reason. Might just be because they don't want to spoil it. Which is which is what they are saying in. Um, you know, it's what they said at the presentation at, at EGX. They, they, they didn't want to spoil the rest of it. They want players to have to discover this as they're going through it. They don't want you coming in pre-armed with, with knowledge, which I do get. I completely get. But yep. yeah, on on one hand, it is is it because it's pants kind of thing. Yeah, but that's because of previous experiences doing that to you. Yeah. So Colonial Marines focus too much on trying to sell the narrative and a narrative that people really didn't end up liking very much. So I think that Creative Assembly is wise to kind of focus on the experience and let you discover the narrative, you know, in time. I mean, they've hinted as well. That, I mean, there are going to be weapons in the game. I don't know if you noticed your little control pad. 
the instructions. X is reload. Yeah. For guns and stuff like that. I don't think you imagine them to actually kill the thing though. Well. No. No. I reckon. I mean, in interviews they've hinted that uh, the alien is a presence that's always there. Now, if you were to fire a gun in this situation, who's to say the alien won't show up? Yeah, is it well, close by? I suppose you are supposed to be facing human enemies as well. Yes. Let's just hope they're not Wayland Utani mercenaries. Sucks <laughs> 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 and employees. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be the case this time. It's seeks yeah. employees, and I reckon the synthetics. The average Joes. Are the average Joes or working Joes? I can't remember. Some Do you not Joes. think they look creepy as well, though? I mean, they're very featureless. Hmm. I mean, I almost didn't want to get too close to those guys when I first saw them. It was like, yeah, I don't really want to go near you. Don't twitch at me. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, Ash, Ash and Bishop were notoriously very hard to kill. They went through a lot. Head loss. Yep. Ripped apart. Yeah, so like any moment now, I'm expecting him to do something. But as well, that section that we played, it, it was the guy with the white shirt. He was the lead designer. Gary. Gary? He actually said in one of the videos that that section we played, the alien behavior was actually stripped. It was very basic compared yeah, yeah, to what it can actually do. So that's something to think about. That was hard enough. Yeah, that was hard enough, and its skill set was stripped. God help us. <laughs> oh, well, let's end it on a positive note then. Let's let's finish off there. Thanks for joining us today, Chevy. No problem. It's, uh, it's always nice to have guests. And a pleasure as always to talk to you again, Rouge Top. And it's it's nice to have us actually be excited. It does make a pleasant change. Yeah, especially after uh, the subject of our last podcast, where we were kind of. Remembering our disappointments about everything. So you know, I'm 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 hopeful for plenty of positive, positive episodes in the future. So, uh, so, so. this is Corporal Hicks signing off. And Ridgetop. And Chevy. There we are. Until next time, everyone. Bye. Thank you.